Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. We are recording all of this, by the way. Uh, so it's called what? ASDR. 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 And yeah. what, what exactly did you try? Oh, you just go uh, go to YouTube. There are a bunch of videos about that, and just you need to listen with headphones because you know the quality of. The but sound was there is a particular better. one that you listened to, like the sound of somebody whispering? Was, started, the whispering yeah, guy. Some, yeah, some girl whispering, <laughs> and and then uh, uh, doing some things on paper, like sounds of paper and stuff like that. Mm. But I, I didn't feel anything. <clears throat> I feel cold inside anyway, so I even like this Um. That's odd. It is. If it were the sound of the sea, I'd sort of I'd see where people are coming from. Yeah, but like, th- this is something different, I think. I mean, the sound of the sea or the sky or birds is uh-huh. for falling asleep, but this is something that should. It, yeah, it's got to. Oh, it should. It's got to trigger. It should excite you. Yeah, material. It's, it's got to trigger you in some way. I don't know, but it didn't do anything for me. It is weird. We can agree on it that. It is weird. Okay, it is weird. We're, we're all with it. It's different. Yeah. different. But maybe it's in, if you make a YouTube channel and you can earn a lot of money with like just scratching paper. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. You did good, Benny. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Benny Kulhoff. Hello. Andre Gonzalez. Hi. And Hayoni Belzegoida. Hi. Podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send those emails if you've got a few questions you think we could answer. Hot topic, of course, over the last few weeks is our appearance. Yeah, don't look at me like that. It is our people are people are either intrigued or shocked by how we look. Because uh, how do they know? What did what is well they looking at Matt's good camera work yeah, here now on Instagram Live? Technology. Okay. Or they've seen uh, I did one or two Q and A videos for oh, the One wow. Football YouTube channel. Go check those out. Do you feel comfortable doing that? No. Okay. And I think that's pretty evident from my face <laughs> when I'm when I'm doing them. And but Matt's, do you pretend to be this? And Matt's such a natural at it, you know. And you know his booming voice. And here's little old me. Sorry. Do you do this like? To turn your head around, skateboard under your arm thing to impress the YouTube kids. And what is your what is your approach? <laughs> hey fellas! Yeah. Hey champs! <laughs> oh what is- I wear those YOLO t-shirts yeah. anymore. <laughs> That's another story for another day. Anyway, the hot topic continues at pace. Uh, hi guys, says Ethan Dunn. Love listening to the show every week from Iowa. Iowa? Yeah. Did you know sliced bread was invented in Iowa? Sliced bread was invented anyway. It doesn't su- yeah. surprise me. It was invented in the US. Okay. <laughs> Very good. And I, I checked What's this out before. People just eat the whole bread? Well, you just break it off with your hands, I guess. Oh, okay. No, I think it's the loaf. Like it was toast. invented in the Oh, maybe yeah. it might be the loaf. Yeah. I mean, this is what my quick Google search told me. And also, famous people from Iowa, T Boz from TLC. This mm. is the best I could come up with. <clears throat> that's the most famous people from Iowa. Well, also John Wayne. Okay. Oh, okay. same level. Mm. You're, that's it. You're, grim- we were, you're grimacing a little bit. No, I thought we were talking about football. Matt, all good. Is there well, Matt yeah. Damon somewhere in Iowa? Is a movie with Matt Damon or isn't it Forty Days in Iowa? Yeah, I've no idea. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, getting back to the email, 
sticking with the theme of being surprised by your guys' looks, I always saw Ian as a bald 40-year-old man. <laughs> he is, it's we just a did. wig. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did YouTube surprise me. A bald 40-year-old man. I mean, Ethan, forget about any Christmas present for me this year. <laughs> anyway, speaking of bald men, Sinity and Bloody Zidane. What the was fuck? Great follow-up. That was great. That was, was good, really wasn't good. it? I mean, it was, it was really good. Feels a bit scripted, scripted, but I think it just came out of out of Did someone's it? mind. Nice okay. transition. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, Zinedine Bloody Zidane. Can anybody explain? Come on, somebody give me an explanation. How did this happen? It's 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 really easy to explain. Oh, oh okay. It was. It came out of somewhere where um, Madrid was completely devastated after losing everything in one week. That has never happened in their history before. People in Madrid were saying that this has, they, they don't remember anything like it. So obviously Florentino had just to make, had, um, made a phone call to Zidane after losing to Ajax and told him, look, we need you back, we want you back. Zinedine Zidane, and this is something he said himself in the press conference, he immediately said yes. Immediately. Yeah, he was not surprised by it. He kind of said that he was, uh, he had to accept this role, and he was supposed to start in Valladolid's game, Valladolid's game last Sunday, but he had some uh, publicity thing contract going on in Italy, so he couldn't start. So Monday they made it officially, mm-hmm. and. It's Thursday and he has made his first signing already, so... Yes, he has. What can you tell us about that? Uh, Militao. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very young prospect, 21-year-old. He used to play for Sao Paulo. Um, he's a centre-back, uh, but he can also play as a right-back. But he's not as good as a, as a right-back as, as he is as a centre-back. Okay. And uh, uh, the price is a bit crazy. It's 50 million euros, but it's the market. What can we do about it? How old is he? Uh, 21. I think he's going to do quite well. He's been uh, uh, with the Brazilian national team for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the last... Uh, press conference uh, Tita said that uh, he's preparing him to be uh, a key player in the international squad okay it's the end of Ramos is it the end of Ramos no No, he's gonna be the fourth defender I think Vallejo is gonna leave and um, he's just gonna take that place but Ramos is definitely not he's one of the strong ones that's gonna come up out of this whole Zidane thing oh really Mm. what an extraordinary interview Ramos did the other day where he interviewed himself on Instagram everything about such a Ramos thing yeah everything did you see this the last week's words a bit were a bit weird for Sergio Ramos I would say I mean he's Obviously a bit weird, but uh, what he did in the last two weeks were, I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, and he took to Twitter to explain all of this. He was, mm-hmm. he would an- like answer himself and he would just reply with a Great. Twitter thread. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. He's one of those players that he behaves a bit like a superstar. More than a football player, yeah. he's a character, he's a superstar, and he loves that. I love him. Yeah, it's a bit like Piquet on, exactly. on uh, in Barcelona. On they, yeah, it's the same thing. They 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 love the attention and this that self interview or whatever you want to call it. It's mm-hmm. it's like Sergio Ramos one on one. Did right he now. answer like, "Oh, good question, Sergio"? <laughs> 
Very interesting well, point. The, the, the best thing about this interview was there's all there's been all these rumors going on about Real Madrid and whether there'd been arguments in the dressing rooms with him and Marcelo and him and Florentino Perez, and he basically confirmed it all. Yeah. So you know, it was a good interview. I'd rate a 10 out of 10. First he said that the yellow card was not on purpose, but then in the interview he admitted that uh, what I yeah. did was wrong. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So and he said, <laughs> it, actually, yeah, it was uh, 200% my fault. I completely admitted it and I yeah, have to. And I assumed responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, okay. Good. Well, getting back to Zidane for a moment, it's interesting that you say he knew this phone call was coming. Because he's, I think this is pretty much public knowledge, he sort of admitted to having premonitions before. Before he came back to play for France after he'd retired, he gave an interview where he said something along the lines of, oh, I had this dream and I had this vision and I woke up and I realized I had to go back and play for France because he'd retired before that final World Cup. <laughs> I don't know if this is just... Premonition. A, I don't know. I did, has nobody ever heard of this before? It's very spiritual. No, I, I didn't know about okay. that. Okay. No. Well, yeah, I... I I mean, he gave it in an interview, it's true. But that's so. interesting because if that happened and then, well, we know how it all came down, you know, in the yeah. World Cup. It's interesting to see how it's going to turn up for Real Madrid this time because second parts were never good, right? No. Yeah. But I'm really interested in seeing how is, is it going to... So know, it's interesting know. that you mentioned that, that he was waiting for the call and all that stuff. Um, the way he left was never clear for everyone he said that it was a end of a uh, cycle and he needed to to stop for a little bit and then uh, find a new project new motivations and all this mm -hmm. stuff uh, what's happening right now goes a bit against that idea but the theory I read online and some Real Madrid fans were discussing this is that uh, he decided to leave Real Madrid because he wanted to bring new uh, players to the team and he tried to convince uh, Florentino Perez to do it in in last summer uh, but Florentino was in a bit of a pickle because he wants to he wants to um, uh, renovate the the Bernabeu and he needed to convince the investors and, and banking investors from the United States to give a huge credit but at the same time it's not great if you're trying to convince um, banks to loan you money and you're spending 400 million in new <laughs> players so that makes all the situation quite complicated and uh, Florentino Perez decided not to invest in the team in order to get the the credit oh, okay. to rebuild the the Bernabeu yeah and Zidane saw that and he thought okay we're not going to have a, a team ready to fight for titles uh, Ronaldo is gone Modric is probably gone also uh, so this is the end. I'm, I'm living. I'm not going to be part of this anymore. And now he's coming back with the credit already approved by the uh, by the American banks, mm -hmm. and uh, apparently with uh, with Florentino Perez say that yeah, next summer we're going to invest a lot of money. This, and we're this is bring exactly what he told him in that phone call. That and that's exactly as you said that he was going to leave uh, last. He left last summer because he didn't have carte blanche. Mm -hmm. You know to do whatever he wanted. He didn't trust the players, if Zidane did. Uh, the club said, yes, this is the players you have. Zidane said, okay, I'm gonna leave, as you said. And now in this phone call, he said, now you can do whatever you want. We are gonna give you all of the needs, all of the, all of the money you need mm -hmm. to whatever you want to do. And that's exactly how Zidane agreed to this. Which to would back. be bad news for Chelsea. 
Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because Hazard for 110 million, he's gonna. They are gonna go for him. Uh-huh. It's gonna happen. I mean, immediately the day after, a lot of well-placed sources were saying, "Oh, yeah, this has. Yeah, it's pretty much this done. is already done deal." Yeah. Um, and bad news for Gareth Bale. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the first players I would say that he's gonna that he's gonna leave the club. Um, there is no chance. Also, he's completely broken up with the with the fans. No one stands yeah, him no. anymore. Yeah. Um, they gave him a chance last summer, um, but now it's like this is not working anymore. And they always and I think this is interesting. They always reproach him that. He didn't learn Spanish in six years. Oh, yeah. And he never, never, ever did. So that always hurt them. Typical yeah. lad. Typical lad. <laughs> but I think it's not a bad news. It's good news for Bale. He played six years for Real Madrid. Five years of them, every, everybody says he's overrated. He shouldn't play there. And yeah. now everybody hates him and he can leave and earn. He won a lot of Champions League. Yeah, that's uh, it. He was on a, a very well-paid contract. He made contract. the best out of his career, I exactly. would say. Now he's going back to to, to uh, Premier League. He's yeah. going gonna, gonna to play for a top team as well. That's it. Uh, maybe if things are not okay there, is mm-hmm. super rich. He has a lot of titles in his pocket. He'll be okay and he's going to be oh, yeah. he's going to be able to play golf yeah. more I, well that's the thing he's had loads of time to work on his golf game yeah so exactly. he'll be delighted about that what do we think good move or bad move for Zidane well I would say that uh, you should never go back to an ex mm. like, yeah, and yet we I keep letting you on the agree. podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry no I absolutely agree with that uh, even if you know all of the Real Madrid fans are going to be extremely happy that this is happening that this is happening I think coming back is never a good idea we'll see how everything is going to turn out but I don't know that idea of him coming back um, and he won at least the Champions League three or four times he will never repeat that and this yeah. is something the fans always will expect from him because he is the god god on the bench but he lost his uh, key player and he will never come back anyway so and you can't replace Ronaldo with any player in the world not even Nazar or uh, and like it's, a it's also a, a matter of motivation. Like, he's done it there. Yeah. What can you get from... Which is what he sort of uh, uh, said when he left exactly. the first time. He said, I can't motivate these players yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've reached the peak. He, sa- he said exactly that. So now, okay. I know now things change and uh, the club is really down. The morale mm. is terrible right now. Mm. So it's going to be easy to motivate. I think any, any of us would... would uh, be good at that right That's now. That's true. <laughs> but this is where Florentino comes into play, and he said he knows. Obviously, he knows this team more better than anyone else. But this is what he said: that Zidane was the chosen one. He absolutely he has blind faith in him. So it's going to be interesting to see how he turns up, t- how this turns out to be. But um, this is a hundred percent Florentino's uh, idea that he's going to come and revolutionize. And this is why it's happening now. He has time to rethink. The new season, uh, he has time because otherwise in the preseason he wouldn't have had enough time. Mm. But now he has the time and he has the motivation and he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. And this season is just a complete write-off then? Yeah, it's good. I think yeah. uh, from now until the end of the season it's going to be more like a, a test. Yeah, he's going to test some players. Going to see if they if they can uh, if if he can keep some of the the kids that Solari promoted to the first team. Um, but it's going to be mostly that. 
Okay. That's a definite proof that football runs too fast for me. I mean, eight months ago or half a year ago, they were the best team in the world and everybody said nothing will happen to them. And it's <laughs> and right now they are the weakest club because they, they took called a coach the chosen one given the carte blanche. I mean, how weak can a club be? And it's Real Madrid. It's not like Schalke 04 or any <laughs> shitty other club in Europe. It's yeah. the, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And they fall on the knees and say, please, God, help us. It's, he's in the stronger position than any coach in the world right now. Yeah. Do you know who I feel sorry for, though? Mm, Solari? Jose Mourinho. Mourinho. Why? I mean, it all looked like it was going to be his. He was going to be back in the big time, baby. I But know. now he's, you know... He's in Russia. It's great. Bigger than Real Madrid. It does look like he's having fun on TV in Russia, I have to say. You don't have he's to have fun. Yeah. He has the attention, he has the cameras, which is what he always wanted. But this is no... This didn't come uh, from anywhere official in Real Madrid. These were all speculations with uh, Mourinho. Ah, so it actually, okay. the real phone call and the real talks were with Zinedine Zidane. So Mourinho was really all uh, speculations because I think we idealized the past so much. Yeah. That we Mourinho forgot. said yesterday that uh, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't have uh, no. a single conversation with anyone from Real Madrid. So it's just pure speculation. And he said that he was happy for Zidane. He it was a Real Madrid choice. doesn't need to explain anything to him, and he's very happy mm. for him, and he wishes him the best. Happy the way when I see an ex-girlfriend and they've got a more <laughs> handsome boyfriend. That's yeah, <laughs> how I would put it. No, but this, I think this would be a terrible move for uh, uh, Mourinho, to be honest. It's yeah, terrible. It, it would, it it would be, be a yeah. terrible move for, for him. Now he, he needs to step back you know step down to a different club a club uh, was not on top top and he, he needs to prove that he's still in the game with a club like that and then move up again Manchester United to. might have a position available quite Schalke is searching Schalke is also another one uh, now I have a pro tip for all of you oh. You, I know you like sort of life goals and pro tips yes. and that sort of thing. <clears throat> Keep an eye out for this Cristiano Ronaldo fellow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be a big, big deal. I think he's a one-hit wonder, but... Uh, you think so? Yeah, you have to prove it. He has to prove it. He has to prove it. Everybody can score three goals in one game, but Easy. You, have to, you have to deliver. He has now scored more goals than 118 of the 140 teams who have played in the Champions League. Yeah, but he always played for the big club, so if you play in a small Easy. club, it's harder to score goals. <laughs> Easy. And, uh, would anybody like to met out some praise to him after his latest performance? I mean, Rayo, is, uh, you, you really want to, want to do this? No, oh, thank you. It's lovely. <laughs> oh, come on, it was pretty good, no, there's, folks. There's not much we can say about him that hasn't been said already exactly. over the past, I don't know, 15 years almost. Um, he keeps doing it. Yeah, that's the thing. Every time people uh, think now, now he's done, he's like 34, uh, he's, he's going to Italy to retire and all that stuff. Everyone thought that. Um, people This is said, exactly where he thrives in, this yeah. environment, especially when they're talking about how badly he's doing lately. There were reports from Italy saying that he's done he, because he didn't play well against Napoli and he was mad against his, even if they won. But they were saying he's done. And this is exactly what he kept doing in Madrid. As soon as journalists, the media, whoever, fans, 
said something bad against him, he would come back stronger. And this is where he thrives. And this is very, if we are going to compare him at some point with Messi, this is exactly the difference, that he thrives in this environment and he loves it. And this is, and yeah, he's a machine. He's a pure machine. And what he did was incredible. And he himself said it, that he was going to come back. Juve bought him for these games. And that's yeah. exactly what he did. That's it. Well, that's exactly what he said. This is why Juve brought me here. He humble bragged, <laughs> you know, to help them do things that they've never done before. I can't get over it. I, it's just, I was, I watched, I started the uh, Tuesday night, was it? I started Tuesday night by watching Schalke. And <coughs> the other great game. Yeah, the other great game. Mm-hmm. But then switched over after the first goal and to see Ronaldo. Ugh, I, mean, I would say on the pitch, amazing. Beside the pitch, an asshole. And that's it, in a nutshell. That's Couldn't it, in a agree nutshell. more. Okay. Atletico have been knocked out of every Champions League knockout stage that they've been in since 2013-14 by a team containing Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. That's quite a stat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Nobody they shouldn't else. provoke him. I remember the first leg where the whole stadium laughed at him. Shouldn't do yeah. that. Shouldn't yeah. They should exactly. learn from that for the future. Yeah. yeah. Now... Next time they should applaud him and then he falls apart and like, what's happening here? They love me or no? Oh, reverse psychology. Yeah, that's yeah, it. I like it. Like so it. easy. Now, I hate to ask this. I really hate to ask this, right? But we're going to do it anyway. Given Ronaldo has done it in other countries, other clubs, does he maybe have the edge on Messi? I hate to ask it. I think the discussion is super annoying. I, I, it is I just good. I cannot stand it yeah. anymore. I think we just should just enjoy that they are the two best players ever play football. It, it, it sounds people, like people want to ask these questions though. People yeah, but there's no answer. There is no answer there is because no answer. we cannot compare to They're things so that are different. very different. They're so different players. They are so so different. You cannot really ask uh, Ronaldo to do what Messi does yes. and vice versa. It, it's as, as simple as that. I mean, there is this big problem that for years and years Ronaldo was the face of Real Madrid and Messi was the face of Barcelona. Two rival teams. Uh, they were fighting for uh, the same league title and Champions League and all this stuff. And then this idea it grew into something absolutely horrendous. Like most of the time, people were just uh, you, people would see Ronaldo scoring three goals, and the next day, like, come on, Messi scored three goals. You got to show that guy that you're better. It's it's pathetic. This is not the the way world the world works. This is not the way football is supposed to work. It's, it was supposed to be a, a team thing. Remember yeah. no, when football not. was a team thing? Mm, like no. in the not 80s. anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, okay, well, I better scratch the question play, I had about should, Messi. For they should play the same team, and then you can say who's the better God, one. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Can we make that happen? Wow. Maybe. The LA Lakers or something like yeah. this. Maybe MLS. Yeah. yeah. Did anybody see Douglas Costa's celebration of the final goal? Amazing. Yeah. We saw it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He did the Simeone. The interesting thing about this is that he was wearing his AirPods at the time. So I would guess he was wearing his AirPods for the entire of the match while he's in the stands watching his team play maybe in a crucial to the, Champions League. Maybe the radio. Game. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I want to know. I don't know. Why did he call. have his earpods? Oh, in? my mother is. My mother is on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mama. Yeah, I'm getting my balls right now in a sold-out stadium. Bye, bye. I remember going to the stadium when, when I was a kid, and uh, a lot of uh, old fellas uh, were surrounding me, like uh, watching the game and listening to the the radio. Like, so I, I don't, don't know. get why people do that. It's the smartphone of the 70s or the 80s. Just watch the match. 
Yeah. Turn do you watch rate. a match in 90 minutes or how often do you pick out if your I'm in, smartphone? If I'm in the stadium. Yeah, how often do you pick out your smartphone to do a cool Instagram story to show that you're in a stadium? Too, <laughs> too many times. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so pretty bad for Atleti. Can anybody explain where it went so wrong for them? They were 2-0 up after the first leg. We all thought they were through. I think, honestly, I think Simeone was completely schooled by Allegri. And I, I, I remember that some time ago I was, I was in this very podcast uh, complaining about all the mistakes that Allegri uh, made in the past mm -hmm. in some very important games. And now, today, I'm going to say exactly the opposite. <laughs> okay. The man right. got it all right against, against Atleti. Everything was on the spot. It was absolutely perfect. It was a, a masterclass, uh, like tactically, it was absolutely perfect. So, first, he's got, he's got a long list. I got a long list because I was watching oh, the game and I was, okay. I was one of those annoying guys. I was watching the game and writing down um, some some notes. That is annoying. So, um, the 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 way the the, the team behaved uh, in possession was very different from when they were uh, waiting for Atletico to do something. Um, so they were defending with, with the uh, traditional four defenders, but in, in attacking possession, they were doing only three defenders with Emre Can dropping a little bit and playing a bit like a sweeper. It would be the first guy to be, uh, behave as a playmaker. And that was different. That was good because uh, Atleti, they were really confused with that. And Simeone was never capable of putting someone uh, permanently on Emre Can since the very beginning of the game. Chan was good too. He was, was really good. Um, then the the defensive line of uh, Juve, they were playing really, really high since the very beginning of the game, which is something that you don't expect from uh, a def some defenders above 30 years old, like mm. Chiellini and Bonucci. Yeah, and he took the risk and, and he, he won. Um, Every time they lost possession, the pressure was insane. Like two men on the ball, including Ronaldo doing doing the the first pressure on on man. Uh, Bernadeschi was absolutely incredible oh, because because he played on a free roll. He was all over the place. He did whatever he wanted, mm -hmm. and that's the only way of playing Bernadeschi because he's a bit like I, I would say he's a, an Italian Robin. He, he has that very specific play, and if you put it, if you put it on the right wing, he's going to do that for 90 minutes, and that's all. But if you put it in a different moment of the game, in, in a different um, part of the of the pitch, he's going to create something. He's going to, he's going to create chaos, and he did that really, really well. It was absolutely perfect the whole game. Um, then. Um, every time the ball reached uh, Cristiano, there was always someone close to him to play the one-two every single time. Also something that uh, Simeone didn't understand for quite some time. Um, Pretty tough tactic. Yeah. This, <laughs> this list keeps on going, people. So we'll, give was, you, we'll give you one more There was point a moment that Simeone to... tried something different with Correa coming in. And two minutes later, or I don't know, maybe five minutes later, um, uh, Allegri understood that Correa might be a bit of a problem, so he moved Cancelo from the right to the left and he, he took out Spinazzola. That was absolutely brilliant because Cancelo can actually uh, contain uh, Correa quite well. Okay, you've got one more point and then we're going to have that's, to that's make the, the, the last one is that um, the, on, there was this moment that briefly uh, Juventus lost a bit of control of the game. It was. It wasn't not more than ten minutes, uh, but uh, there was Atleti trying to do something, and um, with Bitolo coming coming in, um, there was a bit of a chaos for five to ten minutes, 
And the response from Allegri was more is keen because they're going to try to do something. So they're going to push a little bit the, mm. the lines and I'm going to put this kid who's extremely fast trying to uh, explore the space behind Godin and Jimenez and it worked pretty well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's why Atleti lost. Pretty simple. But would they have? Uh, would Juventus uh, have won without Ronaldo? That's the key no. question. Yep. You need an executor think, in the I front. Think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think absolutely because Atletico was completely overwhelmed. Okay. Not only by Ronaldo, but by the position of, of Juventus. And the issue is that Atletico was so scared of losing that they didn't think okay. they would win. And there wasn't even typical Ronaldo. And the left Ronaldo flank going, was embarrassing with, with Juan, Juan Fran. Fran and Lemar it was yeah. it was terrible and then Simone tried to change you know uh, Arias for Vitolo and Lemar for Correa and then Correa was the one that made a massive mistake that you know okay. made Kyoto. them lose Benny hmm. you want to talk about Schalke or it's still too raw it's okay did you watch all of it mm, no <laughs> <laughs> what point did you say enough is enough um, I sh turned on Netflix after 2-0 <laughs> because it came too fast after the 1-0. Then I jumped in for the 5-0 and uh, I watched it at the time and I thought, okay, 5-0 is okay. Then it was 7-0 and then I turned off. Okay. <laughs> What did you go to Netflix for? Um, we watched, oh no, we watched Amazon Prime, this ah. the, the Affair. I can completely recommend it if you don't believe in love or oh, partnership okay. or whatever. Is it better than Dogs of Berlin? It's way better. It's okay. not dogs and it's not German, so it's pretty good. Can you explain what went so wrong? Everything? I mean, nothing went wrong. Nothing went as expected, I would say. Uh, given the performance Schalke had in the recent days or match days, even no one expected that they only lose 2-3 in the first leg. We already expected like a 5-0 in the first game. So, uh, yeah, but I think this team is not even Europa League niveau. It's not even Bundesliga niveau right now. So, and if uh, the city don't stop playing, uh, they, they could have destroyed them 10-0, I would say. And I would love to see that uh, because then it's a new record. Finally, we have a highest loss in Champions League, and at least Schalke is mentioned in there. <laughs> But um, so I would bring up an interesting records. point from a Schalke perspective because Schalke was the only German team that could score two goals in the uh, in the current round of the Champions League. It's a little yeah. bit of hope. Yeah. And they on also to. scored the one Liverpool goal because uh, yeah, Matip is a former <laughs> Schalke player, and we have to you consider that half of the Champions League teams that are still in there are pretty reliable on ex-Schalke players. So Man City, FC Barcelona has Rakitic, Uh, and uh, a lot of other players. <laughs> a lot, a lot <laughs> of other players. Matip yeah. for Liverpool. Yeah. So well, in Schalke the is still in there. In the same way that Southampton beat Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah, last if night. you want to call it like this. Yeah. yeah. How long before Tedesco shown the door? Is it today? Maybe in this moment, but okay. I think he they will keep him till the weekend, another distracting loss, and then they fire him in the international break. I think they don't have a replacement in place. No? Because the only person they are discussing is a 75-year-old uh, Dutch guy called Huub Stevens, who was there like 80 times before, <laughs> and he will rescue them from uh, getting relegated, but uh, he's not the solution for the future, and I think they want to... It's a weird situation. They hired a new boss who starts today. His contract starts today. So wow. he was not allowed to fire Tedesco, actually, because we don't have someone who fired them. So if today is his first day. 
Um, what a first day! What a job! Yeah, what a first day! Top of your funny thing, list. they announced him one week ago because they didn't know that this contract is still running uh, another week. <laughs> so this is how the club works in these days. Um, so yeah, there's no future replacement, and I think the future is even darker than the actual um, reality. So yeah, oh God, Josie's still free, like we said. Would you take him? No, okay. <laughs> of course not. We yeah. tried Di Matteo. A few years ago, Didn't and work. his only reference was he won the Champions League, and that's why we hired him. He happened to be in charge when Chelsea won Where the Champions Where is Di Matteo now, by the way? I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. If you know, podcast at wolffootball.com. <laughs> we were close to hire Stefan Effenberg a few years ago, who hadn't done a trainer job, <laughs> uh, but already was signed by Schalke. But then his wife posted something on Instagram, and Schalke said, okay, you're not signed. Oh. Yeah. Lucky us. Lucky you. <laughs> uh, of that game, Phil Foden has now played in more European Cup games than Diego Maradona. Mm. One? I think it might be one. Yeah. <laughs> That's something along those lines. So, speaking of German clubs exiting the competition, Bayern Munich, mm. out, gone, done mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Will Nico Kovac be going the same route as Tedesco now? Or? No, 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 no. They no? completely okay. trust him in like winning the championship. Oli Hoen has already said he is ready to to let some titles go, to let Robin and Ribéry give a warm welcome. Uh, so they already said no to the season. They try to get as much titles as possible. But I think they know that they will never win the Champions League within the next five years. Oh. So uh, I think they just watch at the German League and try to be ready for the future. And Kovac is there for the rest of the season for sure, maybe the next season also. Okay. He said afterwards Bayern deserve to lose... <laughs> Yeah, you think yes, the I think there is no argument against that. I think all German teams deserve to lose uh, in this round uh, <laughs> from different reasons. Also Dortmund, they didn't deserve to win because they were too naive. And um, yeah, I think the German football has a problem and we're now facing it. That's pretty good. Oh, we have this conversation every couple of weeks. Now yeah. we are German football in crisis. Yeah, but if you see from the, like the last eight months, we were kicked out in the World Cup. We were relegated from the Nations League. We have the only club still in European football is Eintracht Frankfurt and I love Frankfurt, it's great, but it's only the Europa League and Inter is only the opponent. I mean it would be too big for some of the Champions League clubs right now, but it's a we are poor we have a poor outcome of uh, four years ago we thought we were the biggest league in the world mm. and no one can uh, can fight against us and we will dominate the football and this completely got lost you've had that mentality before haven't you Germany yeah a few years ago two world wars one world cup oh no two world wars and three, three world cups three so, world cups yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of talk obviously in Germany this week about the old guard being given the boot Boateng Hummels Muller told they're not going to be part of German squad anymore mm-hmm. in that respect Manuel Neuer should probably gone, should be gone as well shouldn't he mm, yeah it's a discussion I think Logi Löw wasn't brave enough to kick out four Bayern players at the same time so I think uh-huh. he's the next and it's an obvious choice as testing will be the future what is the, fr- the difference between kicking out three or four I think I mean, it, would be, it would be even easier to do it in a, in a, in a package thing, it's like a tooth pull it out one go you're yeah. done yeah uh, but you I don't know if you are um, into Joachim Löw he is a bit like a guy for weird decisions and he's not the best decision maker in the world I think also the decision against Hummels Löw and uh, Hummels Müller and um, Boateng yeah. and let's say it's infinite it will never change that yeah. because Hummels interestingly yesterday said after the game it's not the last word I'm pretty sure um, I will be back in the national team because I have a few good years and this also 
gave me a glimpse that maybe Joachim Löw is facing his final road uh, as a national team coach. Aha! Ah. Well, that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, if I were him, I would have quit after the when they won the World Cup, but that's another conversation yeah. altogether. Uh, Miguel Delaney tweeting saying, Manny perfectly killed that pass before killing any final perceptions that Neuer is still a top keeper. I can't disagree with that. It was a fantastic move by Manet, I would say. It was a bit like Manuel Neuer thinking he's the 2014 Manuel Neuer <laughs> and people still are scared if he runs out of the goal. But I think even strikers know how he plays now mm. and they can feel if he comes out. And I mm. think they... Um, but he explained it afterwards. He said he was completely humble and said, yeah, my mistake. Oh, I did, tried did. it. If Manet turns the other way around or the ball is just 40 centimeters closer to his foot, I'm on in. But yeah. this was just yeah. perfection in the ball was far away enough great turn and yeah it was his mistake okay John Henry the Liverpool owner tweeted after the game <clears throat> excuse me 75% of the earth is covered by water the other 25% is covered by Virgil van Dijk <laughs> how long before we recognise <laughs> that's good isn't it I'll give him that he knows I, I've never heard of that one oh, no, that's yeah, a yeah, very he, funny thing yeah, he's, okay. Okay. it isn't <laughs> even that He's what? playing the center back and then he's coming for corners and the rest of the pitch is not his it's not his natural habitat, isn't it? Isn't that like Kante? I mean it's just a tweet. <laughs> yeah, but like you can't say it if it's not a tweet. You can't lie in a tweet, Ian. You can't lie. You know that. <laughs> How long before we recognize Van Dijk as the best defender in the world? Come on, people. He's been outstanding. Yeah. yeah I have okay. no doubts regarding that. He's been really, really, really good. And what impresses me more than his play is like he acts like a father on the pitch I always have the feeling that people look at him or yeah. players look at him mm -hmm. and he, even like he scores he just stands there and everybody's bouncing at him and they all mm. look like kids next to him mm. he's a real leader he's really yeah, tall he's a real, yeah, he's he's really, a real really leader tall. he's a leader yeah. 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 yeah that's impressive yep uh, finally to Barcelona where the scoreline perhaps flattered the home side Hayoni mm. I don't think it did oh okay. I think Barca I think Barca got the game. They totally get got overwhelmed at the... Who, Barca or Leon? Barca, okay. when they scored. And they were confused and they didn't know what was happening. But I think that Messi, even if he got some critics afterwards, he did a great defending job as well. And this is not something we usually talk about, how Messi defended. But I think that he that spark was there and he totally got it for Barca when they most needed it because I was scared for a good 10 minutes I was like okay this is it like <laughs> we don't have this it's this gone is, but, this is a Barcelona fan uh, saying I was scared for that for you know 10 minutes 10 I was really minutes, scared yes. about it I was, the rest of us are scared for 90 the game, no before the game I was oh, yes. really I really had doubts I was like okay this is I'm not feeling this, I'm not feeling this. Lyon ha, have Fekir back. We are not counting on him because he didn't play last time because of yellow cards. And we didn't know how he played. But now I really think that um, we were able to, you know, to break them in their own half. But I, I think the 5-1 is a bit too much. It doesn't really show... No, I, I no, you're right. It's... It's it's a bit more flattering than the actual game. Exactly. Yeah. The the score was a bit too much. I, I don't think there was uh, a doubt that Barcelona would win the game. Um, you said that there was a moment that Barcelona looked a bit lost after uh, Lyon score. Yeah. But it was like you said, it's not even ten minutes. No. I think you, you, Barcelona got back on track really quick, and. Um, 
And I think there was well, there was a massive blow for uh, Lyon when they uh, lost Anthony Lopes from concussion. Yeah, from yeah. concussion because it was it was really good for the initial part of the game. He had three uh, key saves already, and uh, back in Lyon, he was incredible. Yeah. So he was doing pretty well. And this was only in the 34th second. So obviously, when you lose your keeper at that early stage of the game and especially because he wanted to continue playing he, wanted, he, he was saying I'm, I'm good I'm good I'm good he, and he everyone was saying no, no he was gonna pull not. a kepa but pull he realized like it. he realized <laughs> that he couldn't play anymore mm-hmm. and um, and the second keeper came on only 34th minute I think that all of the team was like mm. Leon probably weren't uh, helped by that VAR decision either were they What VAR? That's the question. Oh, there was no VAR decision. Yeah, that was there, the problem. There was no VAR. The, the VAR was not working at the time. That's it, what it's, reports. That's have, what reports are saying. But normally said, the yeah. Champions League explained it a day after. I haven't. Yeah, we're anything. waiting for that still. Okay. Um, so, uh, but it was it was so weird because at, at the very moment it looked like it was a penalty. Yeah. But then you can see like one replay and you see oh it wasn't exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't exactly a penalty and the, and everyone was like okay so the VAR is going to check it it's fine not not a problem and then. No VAR. The first time the fans <laughs> really rely on the VRA and then it's not... Uh, then it's not, not yeah, never simple. rely on technology. Second time in the Champions League. In Schalke, they... No, you the can't rely on technology. What we can't rely on is on the people that are useless to work <laughs> around it, to work with it. People are the worst, Tayoni. <sighs> you people. know it. Maybe you need a second team, like the backup team for the VRA, so that 16 people sit in. <laughs> like a, a VAR correcting yeah. the first VR. What if we in gave a different like a, place. Like if, in the yeah. NFL, they always sit in New York. So oh, yeah. it's a safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not around the stadium. There's yeah. no Wi-Fi problems because 80,000 people attending. <laughs> and uh, it's a safe space and it's working. I We never should s- give it a chance, okay? Let's yeah. give it a chance because I think it's improving the game. And no, I'm totally, I'm totally in favor I mean, of VAR. With the Ronaldo goal the other night, we, I wouldn't have seen no one, that was necessary. No one, one, would, have, no no, one no, would have no seen one, that. No one, no one. But the, the question is that there are a lot of people involved on the, the VAR. They don't actually understand the way the game works. And you can see that by the you you see one replay do you see another but then if you played football you know how things work on the pitch mm-hmm. some guys don't know how things work on the wouldn't pitch. it be great to have ex-professional players as referees no that would be a horrible idea. yeah horrible I, i wouldn't trust that <laughs> um, can we have a word about coutinho last night because he impressed a little yeah he played better he definitely impressed the cam nou and he's gaining back their confidence mm-hmm. I think it's taking a little bit of time and the, he himself said it before that his last 12 months ha, haven't been great so he's recognizing that he doesn't have the ball he's not sharp he doesn't have verticality but I think he proved on um, on Wednesday that he's capable of much more he just needs a chance but obviously that you know the patience is running out But I think he showed what um, what he can do. Yeah, is is a bit inconsistent. That's the problem. That, that's the problem. There were some moments against Lyon that he was really present, and there were some others like it, it just gone for a bit. And if you play at Barcelona, a team that has like almost 70% of possession, you need to be there all the time, and that's that's the problem. Like because everyone in the team is not afraid of have, having the ball. In some moments, you see that Coutinho is a bit lost, lost in yeah. Eden. It, it, it doesn't feel confident enough to assume the responsibility. Okay. 
Uh, so we've eight teams in the next round. Juventus, Ajax, Man United, Man City, Porto, Tottenham, Liverpool and Barcelona. Four English teams. Maybe those other leagues should stop that winter break thing, eh? Um, <laughs> quick word from all of you. Who you think... No, who you want to win it from here and who you think will win it. Hayoni, you want to go first? Sure. I... Yes, I want Barca to win, obviously. Who you think will win it? I think that... Oof, I was talking about this yesterday and I think it's a tough one because when I saw Juve against Atletico in the first round, I was like, okay, Juve is done. They have nothing. Mm -hmm. But then they show they have what it takes. So I'm going to go, but I still think they cannot do it just because they have Ronaldo. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going for Juventus? If Ronaldo is injured. Yeah. No, I'm going to go for... Come on. I'm going to give it to Guardiola. Man City. Hmm. Benny? I want Ajax to win it. Yeah. Because, mm. again, I said it a week, three weeks ago, it's the most thrilling team in Europe. And it's great stadium, great fans. Everything is great about this club. Um, and I think also Manchester City has the potential to win it. Because they, they basically won against the best team in Europe right now. <laughs> They've, so. they've shown their metal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Gray, yeah. one word answers, please. Uh, Ajax to win it. Uh, you want to win it? S- yeah. Okay. S- super exciting mm-hmm. team. Love them. Uh, but it's probably going to be Juve after a while we witnessed. Um, it was an impressive comeback. Okay. Um, so, as we say each what week... What about po- you, what? my friend? My opinion. Yes, my yeah. your opinion um, is us too. I would like to see Ajax win it. Everybody wants Ajax. I, you know, I sort of remember the glory days of Ajax, so that's quite nice. Who I think will win it? Juventus. The best thing would be for the next round that there's not two English duels. That would be super boring. Yeah, that would be boring. Yeah. It's, it's probably going to happen. Like, yeah. the yeah. odds of that happening are actually pretty, quite pretty, high. Pretty high. So, as we say each week, podcast at onefootball.com is the place to send any questions you want to discuss. Uh, Chris Russo has been in touch. He says, My question is, doesn't it seem short sighted to fire Eusebio Di Francesco halfway through the season? You hired Monchi, you clearly adopted a strategy of selling, uh, selling off older players to build a strong, young core team. There's always going to need time to develop and all the chemistry. It seems like uh, Eusebio was set up to fall with an unbalanced squad. Dre. Um, the the whole Roma project is a bit um, shaking. Uh, Monchi is is gonna leave. Is gonna join Arsenal. Yes. Um, so I'm guessing that the idea that the board had in the beginning fell through. So they had a project. The project is not happening. So we got we need to start from scratch. All like right now. And um, the problem with Di Francesco is not about giving him a long term idea. I think it was the lack of quality at the moment. Uh, football wise, we witnessed very poor games from Roma. Okay. They they were completely destroyed by uh, Fiorentina seven one I think in the cup mm-hmm. that was traumatic. Um, the I can say and then uh, losing uh, to Porto in the Champions League not exactly a shock but people expected more from Roma since the very beginning of the season and is not delivering so I okay. think it's, it's, it's a normal a few weeks ago Danny Isroff uh, was wondering why we had so many listeners in America and Rob Holloway has a theory he says as far as a lot of Americans are listening to you guys it's because you have the best football podcast that's available in English that's quite nice isn't it from an American yeah. And they are very, very sincere with best and superlatives, I would say. 
So yeah, it's good. It's great. Okay. It's I take the best back podcast. what I said about the toast. It was a great invention. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> uh, and while a lot of us uh, follow the MLS, most of us, uh, the US, uh, focus on MLS. Uh, most. Oh, sorry. Let me try that again. The US podcasts either focus on the MLS or the EPL, but we guys, you know, we mix it up. Do you talk about the MLS? Yeah. Okay. Do, you talk, do we talk about this uh, David Beckham prank? Was it funny? I didn't see the video, but okay. I'm guessing if James Corden was involved, it probably wasn't that funny. No, it was, a bit, <laughs> it was a bit like, I don't know, it looked scripted. I'd be shocked if it wasn't scripted. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, good enough. Uh, MLS content. Yeah. Rob Holloway goes on to compare me to Phil Collins. Uh, but wow. We don't, we don't want to talk about that. He's bald. Why? Because you're a great drummer. <laughs> With the baldness. I don't I get know. this, right? But you're, you're a great drummer? Also, I'm a great drummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, there are other clubs in the league other than Real Madrid. Uh, that we want to talk about and if we want to focus on the race for the Champions League five teams six points those teams are Getafe Alaves Sevilla Betis and Valencia now a couple of weeks ago Andre me and you we chatted about um, who was it was Getafe Getafe yeah. yes of course Getafe so we want to talk about Alaves Great. or so we know we don't I'm going to talk about Betis What? What do you want to talk? What do you want to talk about? We want to talk about the. I thought it was about the, the fight. We the want fight. to talk about the fight. Yes. Okay. Well, let's go with that then. <laughs> okay. So, who do I think is the strongest to get that champion, uh, Champions League spot? Yeah. Okay. The reason would tell us Sevilla. Uh, they've been continuously being a really strong European team. They have five Europa leagues. They are. They are one of the strongest teams this year in the Europa League. But they've been... I don't feel them this year. I think Machin is... I don't know. They are not there. They haven't been showing the results. They haven't been showing the consistency. And what I think is going to happen is that Valencia is going to take that spot. Ooh, yeah. That's a bold, and, bold choice. And I think they've been struggling so much they struggled so much at the beginning of the season Valencia But, yeah Valencia mm. but they've been showing that they have what they've got to be there um, they won the semi-finals against Betis for the cup they are going to play the final against Barcelona and you can just see the people are there for the team and when they won the semi-final against Betis Thousands and thousands of people were at Mestalla celebrating the game, and a lot of people, haters in Spain, were saying like, <laughs> "Oh, you would think they are, they won a title." But I just think it shows that the, the fans of the the spirit is there, the game is there, absolutely. And what's going to happen this weekend? It's a Valencia Getafe, and I think Ooh. this is going to be an amazing game to fight for that spot mm -hmm. because Alaves, even if I'm Basque, I believe I don't believe they are going to have the resistance to be there in the final stretch of the league they athletic took Ibai from them one of the strongest players so I don't think it's going to be I think it's going to be really tough but they are not going to be able to make it that's a shame yeah, for a, them absolutely not for me it I'll would be incredible it. for Alaves um, but I, I'm with you on that one I don't think they're going to take it until the end of the season also because they need to play Sevilla away uh, Atletico at home and then Barca and then Valencia and then Atletico Bilbao <laughs> away from not home not the best program not the so, best program so it's, no, it's, it's going to be pretty complicated for them to, to keep the, the spot um, my bet is actually Sevilla 
Okay. And uh, the reasons are quite simple. So they're terrible away from home. They've been really nasty. For a long time. For a long time. It's insane. It's insane. If they had the consistency away from home, the same they they have at, at home, they would be fighting for the title, uh, no joke. So um, they have uh, the, the very complicated games they have until the end of the season are Valencia, they play at home, which is a good thing for yeah. Sevilla. And then they go um, to Retafe, and then they play Alaves at home, and then they uh, need to go to the Metropolitano to play Atleti. It's by far the easiest calendar until the end of the of the season for for everyone involved in the, in this fight. Uh, Betis need to play Barça, Sevilla, Valencia, Real Madrid. They need to play all these guys. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. So in Valencia need to play Sevilla, Real Madrid, uh, Betis, Atleti, and Barça. Uh, so for Valencia, they yeah. need to pull yeah. something fantastic. Look at the schedule. I mean, they all play against each other. Exactly. The that's the good. Isn't who was planning that? I it's like, like it. nine Amazing. games to go. I think is it nine or yeah. ten games? So and they all play each other in the last ten games. It's insane. We can't forget that Sevilla and Villarreal are still in the Europa League. So if they oh, win yeah. it, obviously they get that Champions League spot. Therefore, oh. the fifth team would get that. So the fifth team, I would say, is going to be very. Okay. Uh, which is also well. uh, which is also a problem for Sevilla because it's another two games they need to play. As long as they are in the competition, they need to play in the middle of the of the, the week. So that might be something against them in this fight. Okay, I'm gonna go with Valencia because it's my favorite city in Spain. The stadium is also great. The Mestalla, yeah. Also the cities. The atmosphere is great. It's fantastic. So I have nothing to do with Spanish football, but I was just wondering that Getafe and Alaves are like good. They were sound. The Getafe is like a farm team, isn't it? Or what a farm is it? team? No, not a farm team. No, is it be like because a, of the pepineros thing. Yeah, they they have like <laughs> cucumber a, growers. Yeah, yeah isn't it like they have like a sperm farm in their in their club and the Tinder for in the stadium and all? Is that Getafe? What <laughs> Getafe? I have really. I they once run an initiative like uh, spend sperm and let another Getafe fan grow or whatever five six years ago. That's when oh, they came back to my mind. Oh, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Alaves, when they're the team playing against Liverpool in, yeah, in, in uh, Dortmund in the in the final. UEFA That was God. the last time I heard about Benny, Alaves. Benny, you're, you're not wrong. Getafe fans urge to become sperm donors and breed more supporters. Yes, that's From my that's my basic information level about Spanish football. Because they're football. not farmers. Yeah. <laughs> Spanish football club releases tongue-in-cheek video in an attempt to boost its number of season ticket holders. Yeah, that's there you it. Go. From 20, 2011. Good so memory. That's the two things I know about these clubs. And now they're playing the Champions League so if I would have They're a choice as a, fan, as a fan <laughs> from a fan perspective I would always say the atmosphere in Valencia is Champions League and maybe in Sevilla but I don't know the atmosphere Betis. I remember Bayern playing Getafe once it was a weird game like UEFA Cup yeah UEFA Cup yeah. Uh, I think Oli Khan hits Mark von Bommel in the face yeah, with yeah. a fist after the 4-4 it was completely <laughs> confusing it was, but it was a small stadium like super tiny uh, small stadium yeah I think it's uh, how many people can you fit on the Alfonso Perez like 15,000 Seven? I don't know. No, it's not, a big, to play somewhere it's not else. a big I think it's not in the regulation of uh, Champions League that you have a 15,000 euro. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can. It depends on other conditions. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, 
you were you're talking about um, uh, atmosphere in the stadium. Yes. Uh, by far, it, my favorite one. It's Betis. Betis. Yeah. Betis. Okay. It is yeah, absolutely insane. It would be uh, fantastic to see them in Champions League because okay. they have an incredible afición, and um, the, they play a beautiful football. They have some problems, of course, but uh, the Kike Setien philosophy is something that I really love. Like possession football, really um, stylish and Latin style, which is okay. something that I really appreciate. Um, they do need to get some uh, players. They, they, they need, need a striker. Because they have amazing, they did amazing signings, yeah. signings with Canales, Los Celso, and oh, William Canales. Carvalho. Love William it. Carvalho has been and incredible. Oh, wow. <coughs> winter, they just got, right now, they got Lainez and, and Jesse. Yeah, but they're missing that question in the they need, front. They need a very they, strong they striker. They have Le Leon yeah. and Loren. Yeah, they are Loren, okay, exactly. but they're not top, and that's the problem. And also, I would go for another centre back because their 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 defense is really slow. Yeah, they play in possession. They play really high on the pitch, and every time they get a ball in the back, they're not fast enough. But this is what the president said um, two weeks ago that mm -hmm. their number nine was a hundred percent priority. Okay. for the next season. They can sense. have Mark Wood from Schalke 04. He's pretty good. <laughs> Schalke, of course, fueling every team. In yeah, I mean, this I is. think where Sergio Escudero is the captain of... Is he a captain of Sevilla or Betis? Escudero, Escudero? yeah. yeah. Uh, Sevilla. Sevilla. So, here's another Schalke player. <laughs> you could do it sending you some... It? You could do it sending some over to Derry. You can also get Koke from you. Levante. Koke, uh, great. Yeah, Schalke legend. Another great player. <laughs> uh, we had planned to talk a bit more about the bottom of the... La Liga table and to even talk a bit more about the Bundesliga but we're we've run out of time really mm, yeah wow. and we actually have some proper work to do mm. well not Hayoni Hayoni is on her day off thank you She's, thank you for she being even here. came in on her day off that's the dedication she has how could I know so that's all from us today my thanks to Hayoni Benny and Andre we'll be back next week to talk about international week so it should be good fun Uh, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast.wonderfootball.com. Yeah.